Welcome back to the Outreach Project. This is Josh. This is Zach. And today we are joined with... Uh, Jim Sittler, the very fortunate teacher of these two fine young men. <laughs> That's right. Back in the day, I don't know, four, five, when we were six. Even junior high, I remember, Zach wouldn't talk and Josh wouldn't shut up. <laughs> that's right yeah. yeah i think that's pretty accurate now yeah. so all three of us you know just shows you what god can do with losers right you who'd know, you that's who he uses who'd you have like where'd you see us in junior high just in the you know you were down there okay well, i knew the hex so i kind of knew zach and yeah you weren't always at this church yeah growing first, up i was the first well the first time i really encountered you was as a freshman yeah probably sunday a.m and yeah, then of course we did mission trips and we did you know cool stuff like that. But yeah, it was awesome. So happy and proud to see what you guys are doing, man. Thank you. Thank you. Just keep, you just keep going and let the Lord keep guiding. And we love when you it. Hit your moments of doubt, which you will keep going anyway. Yeah, we love it, man. We love it. So um, you want to start off with just kind of who you are currently, what you do. Um, well, yeah, and I mean, I know a lot of people. I that might be listening would know me just because I was a teacher, yeah. but taught in this community for 32 years. Super, super blessed to be in that career. I can't thank God enough for it, although I never would have chosen it. Um, so I taught biology and zoology and stuff like that for 32 years, and I retired, went to the DNR fisheries division mm -hmm. for six or seven. Now I'm back teaching with the famous David Richmond. Yep, he's a... We are working at the ECA Academy at Columbia City High School, which is... A school for kids that have been expelled. It's a way to give second chances. And that's my total reason for doing it is I want to share the gospel with the least of these. Yeah. Jesus was real concerned with the least of these. And he was concerned with Richie Rich, too. It's not like he didn't he oh, yeah. rich people. But he was really concerned about the least of these. And part of it might be it's in Isaiah, but also then Jesus repeated it when John asked him a question from prison. He said, he said, John was in prison. He goes, are you really the one? You know, here's the guy that's supposedly the greatest man on earth. And he had doubts at one point. Yeah. And she said, I go back and tell John this. The dead are raised, the lame are walking, the blind are seeing, and the good news is preached to the poor. Now, why did he say the poor? I thought the good news was for everybody. What did you think? What do you mean? Well, what, the good, who's the good news for? Everyone. Well, yeah. why did Jesus single out the poor then? Because other people excluded them. Yeah, I, I, I don't have an answer. I'm asking you this. I'd assume so. Assume it. Yeah. Probably treated them poorly. Yeah. And, and one of my beliefs on it is that they're more willing to accept it. And I've encountered this enough in my life with people in poverty that they can be in a bad situation and maybe even have some bad habits. But there's a level of faith they have. That's beyond mine. Mm -hmm. It's really profound. We had this, you guys know where I live, right? Yeah. And as down the road there, uh, I don't know, hopefully nobody knows this in any of these things, but um, <laughs> there was a guy that was living in a barn. Okay. He had some mental health problems and everything. Yeah. And, and um, so he went to one of my neighbors and said, I saw the devil this morning. Now, what would you say if somebody told you that? Uh, can you explain what you saw, please? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, or we kind of laugh it off. Oh, come on, Bob. You hitting the sauce a little too hard last night. You know, <laughs> and this neighbor of mine that he talked to, super good person, 
But I, I don't think they finished high school because of having to work. And this neighbor said, you better get right with the Lord, Roger. And I thought, that's one of the most profound answers. I, could, I would have never, ever thought of that. The <laughs> simple people sometimes get it better, and maybe that's why Jesus said, singled out the poor. Along with, again, we're, we're speculating. It's not in Scripture, so we're just giving ideas. Yeah. But I know from being on people in poverty, there's a level of faith sometimes that is beyond what we experience because we can do stuff about our situation. Mm-hmm. They need a little more... I don't know, hope, reassurance, and yeah, something and like, to lean on more. You know, in James it said God has blessed them. Well, what what better blessing than a level of faith that maybe... Yeah. I mean, I saw it in Guatemala, your sister did. Like, how come they're so much happier than us and they got nothing? And, you know, they're drinking water with bugs in it and you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Like, well, maybe that's, maybe that's a blessing. Resign, you know, giving to the poor and... And I'm cool with that. I think that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, currently, you're with Dave Richmond in the schools. Dave Richmond, ECA. Yep, he was on here, which you're listening now, two episodes ago. Hi, Dave. Yep. <laughs> He's not listening. No. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know? Uh, we know. He might. I don't know. His, uh, his kids listen. Do they? Yeah. Hi, Landon. Hi, Logan. Hi, Lily. <laughs> <laughs> Great family. But... Um, yeah, let's kind of, let's kind of just learn about you, um, how the heck you got here. Where, where'd, okay. you, where'd you grow up? Where'd yeah. So I guess spiritual journey is kind of what you're asking. Uh, and life too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so grew up in a really good home, small farm in Indiana. Um, in town, in this town? No, Silver Lake, which is part of Warsaw. Okay. Um, south of Warsaw. So. Grew up on a, you know, what a, what a wonderful way to grow up, you know, farming. My dad was a teacher and a basketball coach. Mom was a nurse. Um, so I remember accepting Jesus as a little kid, but I'm not one of those people that can say, on March 4th in 1967, a light fell from heaven. You know, mm-hmm. I know I did, and I remember feeling it. And ask, what back then you said, ask Jesus into your heart was a big statement you told people to receive jesus yeah i don't there's not a list of words you have to say but i felt it i knew i wanted it needed it and said jesus come into my heart and then it just kind of about junior high that all went on the back burner you know i still believed it but i just i wanted to be cool you know the cool kids were doing cool things and i wanted to be cool so Mm -hmm. that and and church wasn't cool so Went away from it, really got rebelling in junior or uh, high school toward the end. Um, stayed out of trouble mostly because I, the one goal I had in life was to play college basketball. And in my day, if you got caught with anything, you were done for the year, a year. So yeah. it was a big deal. So, but anyway, didn't, you know, didn't, didn't look at girls the right way. Um, went to, went to college on a basketball scholarship to a junior college in Montana really went into full-blown rebellion there and then god did a couple things to get me back to him that i didn't even know he was that's what he was doing at the time yeah and so like long, what well i i can i will never acute or criticize somebody for procrastination exactly. because i'm the best <laughs> i'm i may have i may you know take it to a notch of supernatural but <laughs> So I got to the end of, you know, in junior college, you get an associate's degree, a two-year okay. degree. So I got 
to my last quarter of junior college had paid absolutely no attention to how many classes I was taking. And so I went to my advisor, like, you're 20, it's either 21 or 24 credits short to graduate. <laughs> and my dad goes, you're getting an associate's degree. And when my dad said, do something, you did it. And so like, now what? So he started sticking me in all these dumb classes. We stuck me in a class observing a junior high science teacher. And the guy was super cool. He was he was he was he liked he was a sports guy he was an outdoor guy he was really fun fun with the kids and good with them like you know and that bad a gig and mm-hmm. f- from going from hating teaching I flipped to I might try that and then wound up at Taylor University um, got my degree in education did did you end up there because of basketball yes okay yep went back there for basketball. Um, and then, so I got, you know, I'm one of those people that crammed five years of college or four years of college into five. So I had to go an extra year <laughs> again because of not doing things I should have, but, um, wound up then the, took the first job offer I got out of college and it was Columbia city. <laughs> and I would made some spiritual strides in college, but I had plenty of carnality left, you know, deeds of the flesh whatever you want to call it i wasn't i wasn't trying super hard to live straight as i should although God. i was better than i was thank the lord but one night i know you guys have heard this story a million times but i was sitting around in my apartment on line street and wait wait what what apartment okay do you, it's not now but you know where well you know where your girlfriend's parents live <laughs> I do. If you go to line street the house on the left had an insurance company below it and it used to be apartments above it and i lived in the apartment above it i think we live in that right there huh i think we live used to be a funeral home we live across the street the uh on the brick building no this isn't brick no right across from the brick it's right across from our apartment you know where that wall is yeah yeah yeah, it's yeah. right by the wall. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we, we live right across. We live right okay, across so you know, right there. Well, that's where I first lived. And I I don't know why I did it, but for some reason, and I can, I, as much as I can, best I can remember, this is word for word. I said, God, you're going to have to tell me what you want me to do because you know I'll never figure it out. And I know I meant it, and I don't know even know why I said it. And then the next day, a guy from this church which wasn't here then, it was by Dairy Queen. Yeah. His name was Dave Green, and I'd met him maybe once, but I didn't know him. Called and said, hey, you want to teach high school Sunday school at our church? We'd like to have you do that. And I'm like, oh, crap, God answered me. You, know, <laughs> you weren't supposed to do that. <laughs> I, didn't want to, I didn't really want you to tell me anything. But he did. And like, I, I, that's one of the times in my life I can go, yep, 100%, can't get around it. And you were attending church at the time. I was attending church. And I had I was work and I worked as a volunteer a little bit with Campus Life. Okay. But you know, if I wanted to go on a ski trip with my buddies on the weekend, I did, I mean I was it didn't bother me to miss church because I had no. I mean, I didn't have an obligation other than I knew I, I should be there and I wanted to be there. Gotcha. But I, but I was hey I was single. You know, I was like, you know, living the dream, whatever you know, which isn't the dream. But anyway, <laughs> I re. I try. I did. I tried to get out of it. To be honest, I tried to get out of it because I didn't want to do it. Well, what did you do to get out of it? Well, I just thought, you know, well, I can say, well, I'm coaching basketball. I'll be too busy there. You know, I'll, I'll be up late on the week. I just, I just thought yeah. of reasons 
because I, 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 one, I, it was intimidating. I didn't know how to teach the Bible. And two, I just was selfish. Yeah. I wanted my time. I, I loved to hunt and fish, so, you know. Sunday morning is great Sunday for that. Sunday morning and hunting season. Yeah. It didn't bother me to miss church for that either. So, but thank the Lord, I said yes, and to God's complete glory and Greta and honor, that was like, I don't know, 36, 37 years ago, and I'm still doing it. Yeah. And there's no way I would have done that. No way if it wasn't God. And it's been the greatest spiritual blessing in my life. And there's been difficulties in it, less like everything else, but wouldn't trade that one for anything. Yeah. Um, so where along this journey did you get married? Got married in 87. So I, so I think, if I remember right, <laughs> shortly after I prayed that, I met Trish. Where at? Well, this is a good story. Oh, she yeah. recruited me. I feel like kind of like a 4-H pig that you prayed out there, you know, and, and they, they go, hey, that one's got these qualities and this. I'll take that one. It was weird as heck. She's going to kill me if somebody ever hears this. You're good. Her mom. <laughs> this, this is weird. I didn't know him at all. And her mom invited me to a Christmas party because I had a buddy that was leading campus life. His name was Ed Usley. And I was working with Ed, and Ed kind of liked her sister. So I got invited to this party with people, and like. Like at their house? Yeah. And, and looking back, it's like, I'm, I'm by nature really introverted. I, I shouldn't have gone to that by nature. I, I should have said, I'm not doing that because I don't know anybody other than Ed. Yeah. But that's how we met. And so I, I th that was a. Gosh, that must have been 87. I don't know. So no, it wasn't. Like, we got married then. It must have been 86. So she like told her mom, like, hey, I like Jim. Let's invite him to the party. No, she didn't know me either. Oh. Her mom, just out of the blue, I don't, I, to this day, it's got some gray in it. You know, I, <laughs> it was meant to be, right? I was just confused why you got invited. Yeah. And, and so am I. Like, <laughs> look what it did to your family. You're messed up for life now, but... But no, that's how we met, and we had two boys, Jake and Landon. They both go here. Got four grandkids now. Just had the latest one a week and a half ago, maybe. So that's oh wow, that's 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 a really awesome thing. So we've we've you know I never I've always been a guy that roamed around, liked to roam around. Would have never thought I'd have stayed in one place. Yeah, but this is again what God had in mind, yeah. and He makes roamers too that go spread his message within their abilities. There are people that are restless and won't stay put. Yeah. And people sometimes look at them as like, they're not committed. It's like, no, they're not. They're going out and doing what they're supposed to. It's just, everybody's not alike. I would totally have thought of imagined ending back up in Montana at some point. Cause I loved it. And if I had, I'm sure I would have gone down a really bad road because there's a lot of things out there that couldn't do. It got me in trouble mm -hmm. when I was there. Who would have thought your first job would have, brought yeah. you here and yeah everything with that and yeah. then story with that if you want to hear it yeah again we all know that i don't plan very well so i'm in my last three weeks of college <laughs> fifth year i haven't sent out one resume <laughs> i was having the time of my life with my two buddies in in this apartment and we were living it up man and i so 6.30 in the morning, one morning, 
I get there's a knock on our co- our door. I'm like, who in the heck? Probably one of our buddies, you know. Yeah. I open it up. It's my dad, <laughs> and he starts yelling the second that door is cracked open, and he was, you know. You didn't go to college to not get a job, and you haven't sent a resume. And I was like, How do you know you haven't sent? I was set? like, Huh? How do you know you haven't sent a resume? I probably told him. <laughs> Why'd you do that? I, just, I don't know. It was stupid. He probably bragged about it. A yeah, little bit. <laughs> like my dad was really super organized and on top of things, and like, so he was would you know, and so anyway, I, I you know out of fear for my life, wrote a resume that day. <laughs> And there was a list you could get on, not obviously not online, but a paper list that showed openings. Columbia City, biology, and JV boys basketball. Oh, I know where that's at. I went to Warsaw, Manchester. I'll send it there. Yeah. Send it there. And then the next week, I had a job. So I threw it in my dad's face for the rest of my life. I was like, yes, I had it all under control. Yeah. yeah. I One had week, I had a job. Stayed there 36 years, 37 years. <laughs> well, what was the problem? But. Exactly. Um, I, have, I have a question you probably get fairly often. Um, sometimes, a lot of times, science and our faith don't align. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you, and especially with biology. Um, mm-hmm. And especially a class I loved that I taught was genetics. Yeah. Which in essence is DNA and how it works in the human body in terms of, well, how it functions, what it does, and how it's passed on. Yeah, so like. Did you teach evolution or like how? Well, when I started teaching, you could teach what you wanted. Okay. So, of course, nobody that was a Christian taught evolution. And let me, let me qualify a little here. The deer being bigger in Indiana than the deer being in, than in Florida is, is evolution, yeah. but it's microevolution. It means a small body loses heat quicker. That works way better in Florida, but that doesn't work very good in northern Indiana. A big body retains heat better. It's called like Bergman's rule or something. Okay. Anyway, why wouldn't a loving God build into his creatures the ability to adapt to different environments? So that's a that's and really nobody argues that. What gets argued what the, the contention between science and the Bible would be macroevolution, which in its essence says life is an accident and the bible says it's not yeah and that's really your two choices you can come down to you can argue it any way you want but life on earth is either an accident or an accident yeah two choices so when the, when those topics come up and stuff you got opportunities i assume yeah, to share I, because to me you how i i know how dna works pretty well you know just because i taught it yeah I mean, the chance of that thing randomly occurring is so astronomic. One, to have it occur is impossible. To have these letters that have to go together in a specific order, and if you mess one up out of a million or so, you might have cancer or something. That wouldn't happen. But even beyond that, like if you sat outside, sunny day, you know, you and Addie are out. You know, picking daisies like you guys do, and and what? Josh is a sensitive guy, folks. He, <laughs> you okay? Is it out of the? I mean, if you sat there long enough, yeah. five, let's say years, could a cloud drift by in the shape of a C? Yeah, could right? Yeah. 
if you continued to sit there for years and years and years or whatever, maybe an A would go by. Okay. Yeah. And then maybe a T. And then maybe if you got really unbelievably lucky, a cloud that spelled the letter C-A-T would go by. Could that be possible? I guess. Yeah. yeah I mean. Yeah, for a very long time. Mil- yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Millions years, whatever. Okay. Which, like, that spells the word what? Cat. But the only reason you know it's a cat is because the language for cat existed beforehand. So even if DNA evolved by itself, one thing we know that never evolves is language. And DNA is a language. A language can't evolve without a creator. And so the molecule of D just by itself, totally excluding how it works Mm -hmm. and all the other things, is to me evidence of a God. And if you don't want to accept it, it's because you start out on the whole idea of saying, there is no supernatural. Yeah. Well, if you throw out the supernatural, sure, that's the only other explanation, you know, other than aliens seeded the earth, <laughs> which again goes back. Well, okay, there was intelligent life, you know. It's just, yeah. Now you're going. Now you're not saying it was an accident, but yeah. But yeah. So no, my my knowledge of biology only enhances. And then I look in the Bible, God's, you know. People were getting bad, and God goes, "Man, I'm not going to put up with people for forever. For they're only mortal. In the future, they'll only live to be 120 years." That's Genesis six or five. Well, lo and behold, what do we find out in 1980? This guy named Leonard Hayflick, he does this experiment to see how long cells could divide, and then extrapolates it to see, well, if, if you stayed totally healthy and got every cell division, how old would you be before you you just didn't have enough to work? Mm-hmm. Well, lo and behold, it's 120. Imagine that. Well, then what about these people that were 900? <laughs> well, do you know any cells that can live forever? Say yes. Yes. Yeah. They, only, they live forever unless you kill them. What is it? Uh, is this a Their s- biology teacher did poorly. Uh, I'm just going to qualify that. Bacteria. What kind of a cell... <laughs> You better get it out of here. It'll overrun your body and never die till you die. <laughs> Zach, hit him, man. I quit. <laughs> Cancer! Oh. Right? Yeah. yeah! Yeah! Duh! Now, why do cancer cells divide indefinitely? Because the thing that wears down on a chrome... I'm probably just completely boring you now, but the little thing that... There's a thing on the end of a chromosome called a telomere, and when it wears down enough... Your cells got to stop dividing or the chromosome would unravel. You'd get massive mutations and die. Okay. Okay. Makes total sense to me before, before the fall, before it got, well, after the fall, after the fall, but before it got even worse, those little caps were going back on there because a cancer cell does it normally. Just cancer cells are bad. Yeah. Your normal cells did. What cancer cells do, you you would live between seven and 900 years, assuming, you know, you can get run over by a rhino or something like that. Huh. So, so the whole point of this is my biological knowledge only backs up the Bible. Yeah. There's nothing in it that refutes it. It only makes it that much more believable and understandable. So then what, what drew you to want to be a biology teacher and, or a science teacher? Like what drew you, you yeah. to that? Uh, one thing, loved the outdoors from day one. 
I was catching frogs, snakes, you name it, bringing them home, putting them in boxes, outdoor all the time. Once I got old enough, I was hunting and fishing, interacting yep. that way. But I have always really loved animals, wildlife. You know, I can just I can go out and look into a lake and just be fascinated still by what's in there and how it's all interacting and seeing that's just another like well it has to be you go out at me at night and do electro fishing with a DNR you you should walk away going looking in that water and seeing what's going on got to be a god <laughs> too perfect couldn't have happened by an accident it just fits together so well but that yeah I wouldn't have wanted to teach anything but but life science because of my love for nature did did you have a plan before you felt led to teaching? Um, oh, like what were you gonna do? Sort well, sort of, and yes and no. I, I majored quote majored in forestry in, okay. in in junior college, but what I found out like my second year was you needed to go on with it to get a four year degree, and like you had to take like three years of calculus and I'm like whoop nope not that <laughs> so I you know I I just I, I can't I'm so, I was so clueless guys are not you could at that time you could get rich in Montana working on oil fields hmm. so I kind of thought I mean rich meaning you in night in 1980 if you could make 120 grand a year well, yeah, that's, I would say that's equivalent to half a million now. That's very well. Yeah. Even now that's very well. Yeah, but for, you know, 40 yeah. years ago, that was an... So, it was really dangerous. Everybody, not everybody, most people that were doing it were on drugs and alcohol, which I would have done. Gotcha. And and I just figured, I'll just marry some good-looking cowgirl, and I'll go work on an oil rig. And I never thought about having kids. I never thought, I just, I lived... Just Two stay, seconds ahead of where I moment. was, yeah. Living, gotcha. yeah, what's the next good time? Gotcha. Yeah, and then God totally flipped it. Yep. He had a plan all along. I didn't know it. So you met your wife, you had a family, started teaching, and then felt felt the call, or before that you felt the call to teach uh, Sunday morning? I never felt a call. I ask a dangerous question, which is, and God, got an what answer. do you want me to do? And got an answer. Yeah. And I, anybody that does it and means it will get one. I've asked God a lot of times for an answer. And in my heart of hearts, I'm going, I hope he doesn't answer. I hope he doesn't answer. Or I hope he doesn't say this. And God, I'll do it like, fine. That's okay. Yeah. I'm not going to force it on you. It's, it'll be the best thing you'll ever do, but I'm not going to. But the day you mean it, the day you'll get, you know, you're going to get something. And that's, that's what did it. I had no desire for anything in Christian, what you would call ministry, not anything. Oh, no, I didn't want to go to hell. Is there, <laughs> is there a scripture that says you're going to get an answer, if you ask? That says? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just trying to think of one off the top of my head. Um, well, let's see in John here. I could find it easier in Google. Google that, Zach. What do you want me to Google? Um, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. He's talking to the disciples. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. And that, that 
clearly doesn't mean go ask for, hey, God, can I have a million dollars? Or Well, I think you can ask him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, let's say you ask God for a million dollars, Josh. What are you really asking for? Your own desires. Yeah, but look, maybe, okay, look, what are you really asking? Why, why do you want a million dollars? Have worldly projections. Yeah, have fun. Your own phone, okay. own money, be rich. So, so what you're really asking for is security. Yeah. Okay. You thought it meant a million dollars. God meant it meant, God meant it, I'm going to put you in a ministry praying with people at work. That's your security. Yeah. That's the thing that makes you really secure. So you will get what you ask for. But what I've found out is many times I was asking for the wrong thing or I didn't even really know what I wanted. I thought I did. I thought it was this, but it wasn't. God had something better. So I got what I asked for. Sometimes people are just at real, they're asking for confidence. Sometimes you're asking for assurance. Sometimes, you know, people will pray and pray and pray and pray. If they're not married, hey, give me a wife, give me a wife, give me a wife, give me a husband, 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 husband. What are they really asking for? To be secure in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Maybe God will give you that in a way you didn't think. Yeah. His ways are... Yeah, but yeah, you, yep. when you look at the Bible, again, that's just one example. But you look at all of the people that ask God things, even some that sound like, well, that's kind of testing him. A guy named Gideon said, hey, I know you said you're going to do what you're going to do, but like, can you just do this? I got this sheepskin. I'm going to throw it on the ground. <laughs> yeah. In the morning, let the ground just be totally covered with dew, soaking wet, and that fleece be dry. And God said, don't test me like that. That's stupid. I'm getting somebody else. No, <laughs> he did yeah. it. So what's Gideon do the next night? Hey, God, don't be mad at me, but can you reverse it? <laughs> yeah, I'm paraphrasing this, obviously, but yeah. yeah. Can, you let that, can you let that fleece be soaked and the ground be dry? And God did it. He met Gideon at the point of his faith. People ask all kinds of crazy stuff and... And, and God did it because, but he ultimately, he's my loving father and he knows what I need. Can't tell you where it is in the Bible, but he says, he knows what you need even before you ask him. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, the Bible is, God is going to give it to you. I've just am learned and I'm still learning to live with. I don't really know what I want. I, I'm not smart enough to know the whole picture. So if I ask for something and it doesn't happen the way I wanted it's because something better was in mind, and mm-hmm. I just don't, I can't see it, and I'm not supposed to. Yeah. If you saw it all, it would take no faith, right? Absolutely. Yep. Um, Zach, uh, wanna, wanna hit Isaiah 55 8? That's, oh. that's your verse, man. Um, Isaiah 55 8 is, let me, let me think about it. Um, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts, as. The heavens are greater or higher than the earth. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Yeah. And my ways higher than your ways. One of my uh, one of my foundation verses for my faith. Yeah. Oh. God is simply saying, I don't think like you. You know, I look at some stuff and go, that ain't fair, and that makes me mad. And God, why'd you do that? And. And the, honestly, the most comforting verse to me is, "Yeah, I don't think like you think. I know Jeremiah better. Jeremiah yeah. 9.24 says, when God said, if you want to brag about something, brag about this. 
that you know me and that I am just and righteous and my love is unfailing and I delight in these things. So he's totally fair, he's totally good, he's totally loving, and he loves doing it. Okay, if that's the way he really is, then Isaiah 55, 8 is, is good enough. Because it wasn't fair on, on my lifetime terms, but it was on his. And if he is who he says he is, that's, got, that's good enough. That's and which, it's, it's hard to take that sometimes. I'm not certainly, you know, that's been times when it's like, I know I believe it, but I sure don't feel it right now. Mm -hmm. But that's a great verse. If you really know God, he's he not thinking like I think. Yeah. I think I think we need this and such for a pastor here at this church. What do you mean? Well, I mean let's just say I'm looking at our church and going, Man, we need this kind of pastor. And he needs to be able to do this, 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 and this. Okay. And God may be going no, I've got this guy right now that's down at Duff's, and he's a drunk, and he's on his third marriage, and he beats his wife right now, but he's going to be your pastor someday. He's planning for that. But I don't know that because I don't think like that, right? Yeah. I would never think, just like this demoniac that we talked about. Mm -hmm. Who would have thought he'd have been a missionary? <laughs> yeah. You know? Going out and telling people about God. Can you... That wasn't on the, the podcast. Can you share that demoniac real quick? Oh, just paraphrase. We, yeah, we were just talking about, you know... That God can use anybody and he's always surprises you. And the Bible's full of this, you know. Samuel, when it was time to anoint David as king of Israel, went to this guy named Jesse. He said, bring out your boys. Jesse brought out this first dude named Eliab. And he's a stud. I mean, he's 6'5". He's, 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 he's Chase Young, man, for a Jew. <laughs> Yo, what? That's what I picture. <laughs> You know who he Chase Young is? Yeah. Like, that guy is ripped. Yeah. And I'm like, and Samuel said or thought, that's got to be him. And God said, nope, I've rejected him. The Lord looks at the heart, not the outside. Man looks at the outside, God looks at the heart. Yeah. So we were talking about God using anybody. And, and, I, and again, it's, I'm using the word missionary, and that's, because of what this guy did yeah. but in mark 7 jesus and his disciples ran into this guy that's demon possessed and by a, multiple demons and he was uncontainable uncontrollable he ran around naked he cut himself with rocks so he was cutting himself he broke chains and everybody avoided him because he was horrifically scary and no one wanted to you know i don't want to get what that guy's got <laughs> i'm staying away jesus winds up casting the demons out the demons asked to go into a herd of pigs. The pigs took a dive off cliff. This guy, uh, this guy, then at the end, who is now sane because Jesus cast his demons out, begged to go with Jesus, which I would be doing the same thing. Like, yeah. I want to be near this guy just in case something happens again. <laughs> and Jesus goes, "No, go back to your town and uh, tell all the people about all the wonderful things God's done for you." And it says, so the man started off for the ten towns and began proclaiming the great things. So, uh, so I, again, I'm just I'm calling that the first missionary, just for a paraphrase. Yeah. But like, the first missionary kind of was a demon possessed guy that we would run the other way if we saw that guy, because we'd be scared, right? Somebody breaking chains and naked and bleeding all over and screaming gibberish. Jesus made him a missionary. Mm -hmm. well, what can he do with anybody then? Yeah. You just don't know. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, 
What you guys Zach? Little, not little rewind. Um, what are some of your hobbies? A little lighter question. <laughs> lighter. Okay, I am about twenty-five. Well, you guys know, but I don't know. Twenty-five or so years ago, I started taking down old bank barns that have hand-hewn logs in it because I wanted to build a log cabin house. Maybe that's probably the only other plan in life I had. I was like, I'm going to build a log cabin house. Okay. So took in a bunch of barns, built a cabin. So log cabin building slash woodworking with old wood is a hobby of mine. I love to saltwater fish, which is stupid for a guy in Indiana. Yeah. I like to fish, period, but I really like fishing in saltwater because you never How know often do you get out the saltwater? I try to go twice a year. Maybe a total of two weeks, maybe three if I get lucky. Yeah. I like to go down by myself in October once a year. Okay. Just so I can that that's kind of I need recharging and I don't sometimes I don't get it and then I get burned out and then I don't do well. In all in spiritually or in anything and you know, being a husband, a dad, whatever, it's just I'm I didn't take care of myself. But that can kind of recharge me because whenever I'm with somebody I feel an obligation to help them have a good time or entertain them or and I can't completely relax. Yeah. But if I go by myself, I can. So I, I really like that. Grandkids now are huge. You know, that's probably number one. You know, if it comes down to, to doing something I enjoy hobby-wise or spending time with my grandkids, they win every time. Gotcha. How many grand? You said four? Got four. Grandkids? Yep. yep. Uh, how many boys? How many girls? One boy and three girls. Three girls. What's the age range? Obviously, four, four to like almost a week old. two. Just turned one and right around two weeks. So, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty quick. At this red. My wife, watch, Trish watches them, does a great job. She's a super good grandma. Really, uh, and this, we're so blessed to be able to do that. And you think how scary it is to turn your kid over to somebody you don't know. You don't know going to teach them. Yeah. You know, that's just, and we get, fortunately, my wife could retire and do that. How how often do you guys watch them or hang out? Three days a week. Okay. So, and then we, you know, again, very big blessing. Both of my boys live in town and they're a mile apart. Are they up by you or? No. um, You you golf. Yeah. Okay. Crooked Lake Golf Course has a hole that backs up to like this, almost like a pond. And there's a house with a barn. That's my youngest son's house. Okay. It's right on 205. Yep. And then... Uh, you really don't have to expose where your kids live. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all right. No, no, not my cooking lake. <laughs> Actually, they're not my kids. They're my enemies. <laughs> and, but, and the other lives a mile away. Okay. So... Cool. Yeah. Forgot this was 2023. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we just exposed where we live. We're a well armed oh, well, family. Yeah, we so. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Um, and then how m- you you're part time teaching right now? Well, it's a paraprofessional, which is technically five hours. So Okay. So I, I can work basically I work eight fifteen to one fifteen. But you know it if a kid needs help, me and Dave both love kids and want to help kids that have had trouble. Yeah. And so I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't do the job for money. It doesn't pay worth squat. I, I took it and I told the principal when I took it, I'm taking this so I can tell the good news to the least of these. Because I, I had been saying to God, I want to know 
that I'm ministering to the least of these. I know I, I know he's done it through me by teaching high school kids that are going to go out and do it. But I had this desire. I want to know I'm doing it myself. Yeah. And then this came up. I was like, well, okay. I get to tell. And we did. We, we've had it. We've had chances to. Hey, man, I'm, you know, when I'm going through it, you're going through it. Here's how I get through it. You know, got, got to share Jesus with a girl last year that wound up going to a campus life stuff and, and decided she wouldn't follow Jesus, you know, and I don't, that's awesome. I don't know where she's at on that journey now. And, but you know what, it got to start. Yeah. And, and that's what I wanted it for. I want to share, you know, share the love of Jesus by, by, by telling the good news. I want to help people with their houses and their project. That's the thing I love to do is fix it ministry, helping people. Yep. But ultimately you're going to die someday soon in terms of relative age of the earth and all yeah. that. And if, if I just helped you, you know, stay out of the rain a little bit better, but you didn't hear the good news. I don't know if I really helped you, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how much I helped you. So I'm, yeah. I'm always trying, I'm thinking about getting that in and I'm sure you're better at it than me. I don't, the, I think I work at it cause I don't think it's my gift. Evangelism isn't my gift. There are people that are, gifted that they go to they meet somebody and two seconds into it they're sharing the gospel and it sounds normal yeah and i'm like kind of uh you know teaching is my calling gift but anybody can evangelize because jesus is going to do it Mm -hmm. god's going to do it through you you're just kind of the speaker emitting whatever the holy spirit says yeah yeah for sure um and then sunday mornings you you retired, man, from that. Why the heck are you back? Well, I I had kind of transitioned to a little some 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 adult stuff, yeah, a little bit. And at that time, I thought I, I kind of thought it was that that I was God was saying it's time to transition because the thing had come up. The youth program was in a mess. I, I will, you know, my, my failing, my, my sin. I got mad because it was taking so long to hire a youth pastor. And I'm like, what the crap? Let's get it done. And there's, a, I, there's way more to it than I would have thought, you know. But I, I shoot from the hip, so that's my, my issue. And it's a lot of times that backfires. So I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to just sit out for the summer and see what happens. You, you, you get this thing fixed. Well, I did, and then, or a couple months, and then we hired a youth pastor, and there weren't people to do it. And Jordan Chapel said, Hey, will you come and sit down with our youth pastor? And I said, Yeah. And it was like the light bulb was on again. This is where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Didn't really tell you to get out, but that's okay. And I think, you know, obviously I'm closer to the end of this gig than it was the beginning i don't yeah. know i've when god i you know god will tell me to get out or like maybe he would make he could make this church fire me <laughs> i mean he could <laughs> right to get you he could because he wants the other thing i thought is you know and i i've totally blessed it teaching god's word nothing better for me i totally can't even explain how grateful i am but i also i'm getting you know i that that like 40 year mark is right out there, you know, close. And I've thought before, well, Moses took 40 years to really get ready for what he's supposed to do. When he took the children of Israel out of 
Egypt, he wasn't ready. Or sorry, he was. God conditioned him for 40 years in the desert mm -hmm. before he got called to the next big thing. But he probably thought it was over, right? I'm yeah, 40 years is a while. I'm 40 years? Yeah. You would think, okay, what, what are you supposed to be doing at the, at, when you retire in America? A lot of people just sit Go back, relax, whatever. Get it right. And, get and that enjoy, RV. Yeah, enjoy <laughs> yourself. You've earned it, right? Yeah. Boy, find that concept in the Bible. I know. <laughs> yeah, like where's va where's even vaca vacations good? Not saying it isn't. So you need it. We are human. We need refresh. But I don't see anything like retire and have a good time being in the biblical concept yeah. at all. And that's it. You know, I didn't think that when I was young. I thought you were supposed to get a little house, get a little better one, save up, retire, have as much fun as you can. Yeah. And now I know that's absolutely not what a fulfilling life could ever be. And that, that does, where I've settled on that is that doesn't mean you have to stay at a 40 hour a week full time job your whole life. Correct. But actively um pursuing what you feel called to what the lord wants for you if that is a 40 hour a week job i mean heck you got to do it but yeah um, and it is that's that's yeah. every people have been called for different things yeah. but but you it, it, you can be used by god in anything mm -hmm. you know like for you, you you work 25 hours a week at the school give or take yeah, correct. Five. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then you help out all the time with people and stuff. I'm sure you're not going to announce that or whatnot, but you're a great helper, and we see that. A lot of people see that. Um, but, yeah, that's that's work. That's not sitting down, relaxing, yeah. enjoying yourself yeah, and, and whatnot. Yeah, and it's so much more fulfilling than going fishing in Alabama and the ocean. I mean, I really I enjoy that, but mm -hmm. in terms of fulfilling, no comparison. Yeah. You know, but you know, we've just been so conditioned. I was going to point this is one of my this is a really good verse too in the Bible talking about, you know, God and your career with him. You know, as you, the older you get, basically everything goes to crap, right? I mean, physically yeah, you yep. know, mentally at some point, and, you know, we're just <laughs> fair. So unfortunately, we don't get better. Um, but there is one thing you can, and that is staying hooked up to Jesus. And here's Psalm ninety-two, fourteen. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. I know of no other promises of old age that that carry that positivity. Because we get sick, our bodies wear out, things get tougher. The yeah. world's gotten tougher. I mean, yeah. even in your time, you've seen that. Yeah. But what is what does this say? Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. And another verse I've heard forever, but it just really hit me lately. And I thought it's cool. Like Rob Bergman brought it up the other day in a, in a meeting with this one, really thinking about getting this first tattooed on with my grandkids' names. Um, 
You know, so so to all the legalists out there, you know, sorry. <laughs> For, if that's a sin. I'm I am sorry. I don't think it is, but I wouldn't be doing it. But that's okay if you do. I totally understand. But great thing is everyone uh, agrees on Jesus Christ that's died right. for your sins. That's right. Jesus Christ died for our sins to save yeah, us from. Right. Yeah. Well, here's here's what it is. John fifteen five. Yes, I'm the vine, and you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So even as an old, broken down, maybe forgetting stuff, yeah. even in old age, they can still produce fruit. They'll remain vital and green when I remain in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it's not about like making sure I memorize more. Or, you know, those things are important, but like remain in Jesus. Stick with me. Do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Learn to act like I live like I live. Let me help you. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what else do you have to look forward to in old age. But if you have that, wow, God's going to do something for me in his, with me in his kingdom when I'm 80. If I get there, that's pretty cool, you know, because what really, what's really hard for a lot of older people or do they suffer from depression? Yeah. It's a real thing. It's a real disease, too. It's, it's Your brain is cellular the same as your pancreas is. But a lot of it is feeling useless, feeling worthless. You, you don't work anymore. Even in old age, they'll still produce fruit. They'll remain vital and green. Yep. If you really believe, if I really believe that, I shouldn't be down that I'm doing nothing. I am doing something, and I might know about it, but maybe I don't. Maybe, you know, maybe, you know, 10 years from now, a guy you prayed for that you forgot you did it is pastoring a small church or leading his family to the Lord. You don't know, you know, that's the cool thing. The knowing, I guess, is cool, but I I think that day you get revealed the unknown will be like, whoa, this is like Christmas 100 million times over. Has that happened with you at all? If not, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, you Plus, I taught, you know, so I had an audience all the time. There ain't any way you remember all of the things you say, right? Yeah. But I, yeah, I, you know, I always, what I really value that it came from God is when you get something unsolicited, like you weren't at a retirement party where people write cards for some reason, you know, and like (laughs) out of the blue one day, I got a letter from a girl I'd had in Sunday school over at the other church. Okay. And this is 15, 20 years after I had him, you know, and said said something about what had happened there in that Sunday school. And, you know, as far as the way I look at it now, I would look at that era and go, you were awful. (laughs) You were terrible. I should write letters and apologize to all the people how bad I was in the beginning. No, God used something in that person's life. And I was so grateful. Because like, oh my gosh, I hadn't thought of that person since they left Sunday school and never would have it. I didn't have a, you know, super close relationship with them. I had a close relationship, a church relationship with them, but like I was coaching boys basketball. They didn't play basketball or anything, you know, Mm -hmm. wasn't friends with the parents. So that, but that's just, that's one, you know, you just, and stuff like that'll happen, but I don't want to get depending on that to happen. 
Yeah. Because that's not real faith, then. It's like... That's not the cause I of can only I can only live in between each super spiritual experience. Like, that's not really faith either, so... Yep. But I love it when it happens, and I'll never turn one down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, we touched a little bit on teaching and whatnot. Um, let's get into some current things, man. You're on leadership team and pastoral search team. Yeah. That's got to be pretty busy. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is, you know, I'm glad for you to pray for me. This has been... A, a much more stressful, tense season than some others. Yeah. That and and part of that, I think, you know, I I mean, Satan's been wreaking havoc with us for a couple of years here. I mean, you know, we're and I don't know why people maybe sometimes are afraid to say it isn't good because it wasn't good for people in the Bible at some point either. And Joseph was sitting there with his feet all bruised up in ankle irons because some chick lied about him attacking her. I bet he didn't feel too good. So, yeah, I mean, we've been in a se- we we've been in a season of struggle at church, and that's mm-hmm. that makes it tense when you're involved in leadership. And you know, we've had some people leave unexpectedly, and that was very stressful. And so, yeah, doing those things can be really stressful and, and we're just in that season yeah and there's been seasons here then where it's been absolutely fabulous you know what? super good times with pastor johnny super good times with this guy named george reeser which you probably never would have encountered but we we've gone we've we had it all i've seen it cycle what's uh what's your role on these committees teams whatever uh, we're calling well, on the search team so so seven people are on the search team mm-hmm. In a, in a nutshell, we hired a consulting firm to find us candidates. So they bring candidates. No, I, I, I'm just going to say, we've, we've got five candidates. We got them down to one. There wasn't a, a unanimous decision on that person. So we're now in another series of candidates. Okay. So that, that's been more meetings. I'm not really a meeting person to begin with. I don't really know people that are, but they're probably somebody that loves them. But I'm not either. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> but I've been in more, more more meetings than I. It's wearisome, but you have to because this process has to keep going. You can't yeah. go, ah, take six months off of this, and <laughs> we'll get a pastor three years from now. So. <laughs> yeah, Tiberius, so, you're here longer. <laughs> that so there's that, and then I am. The leadership team. I'm on the. I'm on the trustees. Yeah. Which is Jeremy Freeman's group. Mm-hmm. So that's building and grounds. Yep. And what's, what's some things that entails really? Well, you know, there's no. Jeremy Freeman is one of my idols and who I would hope to be like. So he does so many things spiritually, everything, but he is responsible for the building and grounds. Yeah. And he's really good at that. He also has a very creative flair to him, so he can think. He can think of how to do things that will, will look good. And so he, so let's say the church needed a new roof last year. Well, the trustee team will get together. Jeremy and Jeremy will say, "Here's our options. What do you think?" Well, I, you know, I'm not Dave Richmond, but I've been in construction all my life, basically, and so I can look at the two materials listed and say, well, based on what I see, this one's a lot better option. We discuss it as a team and then we vote on the vote on it. Mm -hmm. And then it would go to the 
rest of the team to approve it. Like the stewardship for money. Yeah, like the, the... there's stewardship, which is the money. There's, uh, oh, man. There's elders. What is it? Why can't I name those? I was in a meeting last night. I'm still tired from it. Probably that's why. Uh, well, well, I don't even know anyway, the name. There, well, there's a global <laughs> outreach team. Yeah. Um, there's So we have different. There's an elder team. Mm-hmm. So, But that forms the the core of the leadership of the church with within the elders being overseeing all of that. Yep. Yep. It's kind and of how the church is set up. And what is this your only role you've played on leadership team? Yeah. Okay. I I resisted it for years and years and years because it's it's a little bit Saul's armor for me. You know, Saul's armor was state of the art armor, right, in his day. I mean okay. he was special forces. And he gave to David what David say. This stuff's crap. No, it wasn't crap. It was really good. He said, <laughs> he said "Oh, oh um, I'm not used to this. I don't, things, I don't need it. I have God. These things don't fit me. So if in terms of the military, I'm not a general. I'm a warrior. I like to be on the field. And, this, and being on a leadership team is more of a boardroom. And mm-hmm. I, I know I'm not good at it. So, but I did it. I did it to to help out my good friend Jeremy. And I did it because okay, I can maybe I need to do something that is not my comfort zone. Yeah, you know, and just be as useful as I can with whatever I've got. Be faithful. But, yeah, <laughs> but I, you know, I went. I've been going here 37 years or 38, and um, I. Three years ago is the first time I joined anything with a, what you'd call adult leadership. I was always just at the youth, yeah. which I loved, which I would rather be with. Which is so, equally as important. I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's you know that's 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 in the action, right? Mm-hmm. That's down in the action. But those people that plan so people can be in the action are super important too. Yeah. So you need them. I'm just not the planner, boardroom strategy. <laughs> I'm like, you know, give me a sword and let's just go out. Let's go out and do something. Yeah, for sure. And uh, pastoral search, how's how's that going? Well, you know, there's seven people on the team. You'd probably get a different answer from different people. For you? For me, it's the struggle bus. Okay. We, are, we have been on the struggle bus for probably the last three sessions. And then maybe because God has said... It is not time for First Church of God to have a pastor yet. Interesting. I have a, I have a feeling of that, but feelings don't aren't fact. If, if if God told me it, I would say the Holy Spirit told me, but I'm not saying that. Yeah. But there is a strong feeling that there's some kind of a barrier for to me because of that. Um, you know, you put seven people in a room that are that have been following Jesus for at least some significant period. There's going to be differences. Yeah, and 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 not, and we get along great, but those have come out like, why'd that person ask that? I don't think that's important at all. <laughs> well, I I know that person over there then is going, why is Jim asking that? I don't think that's important at all. You know, so what what kind so, of things? So you to so to get, and again, I, I maybe I told you, we don't pick the pastor. The company we, does no. No, we we are going to recommend a person 
to the elders okay. who will take it to leadership and leadership will vote and then the congregation could vote is the way I understand it. All right. So this, yeah, tell people that the search team isn't picking. They're recom- they're, we will recommend a guy and, and an elder could say, I'm just not comfortable with that guy. And he's, they're done. Yeah. Same as like right now, if six of us said, that's the guy we want him, and one person said, I can't vote yes, he's out. Jeez. <laughs> Got to be 7 0. So, so I mean, that's how you know God's going to have to work in it because, again, to get seven people who do love the Lord and, act, and like each other, but to agree on everything spiritually about another person. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> so I have, I have a few questions with that. Um, I will start off with this one. A few of you guys on that committee are also on leadership team. Yes. So how the heck does that work if, I don't know, you're picking the guy for the team you're on to Great decide? I, I can't answer... I can't answer with the philosophy of it with our within our church yeah. uh, doctrine or where our church methodology, but there has to be an an elder, and there has to be a person, a couple people off of a off of a team. So there has okay. to be a trustee. That's me. There has to be a stewardship. That's Kevin Ames. There has to be an elder. That's Jeff Green. I thought it was Sikafoos. Why did I say Jeff Green? Jeff Sikafoos, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Sikafoos. And then, then there are four non-leadership people yeah. that are people from the congregation. Gotcha. And I don't know why the number set, why it's seven. I don't know. So I, and I don't know why those are our criteria, but they are our criteria. Yeah. And there may be something written to the church constitution that says, when you pick a pastor, this is how it has to be. Or we may have just said, this is how we want it. Or the leaders may have said, this is how we want it. Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know. An elder would know that for sure. It's a good question for them. But yeah, that's they wanted some people that were on leadership team, so the leadership team was represented. But they didn't want everybody. Because, because then, then, yeah. There's, a, there's obviously conflicts. Yeah. bias, you know. So that's that's I think a well designed model. Would leadership team have to vote unanimous? I I I better say I don't know. Okay, fair. Because I, do, I, no, I don't. I yeah. I don't think so. But we don't know. But I I I, I I'll say I should know, but I for some reason I it's I'm blanking on it. I felt like it was. Nah, I'm not even going to say a percent because I'm yeah. not sure. No, that's fine. But no, I. But you, you I mean you know how it is if. Yeah. If you trust me, and I I brought you this person for your business and said, here's what he's like. Here's what I found out about him. Here's why I think you should hire him. Ninety nine percent of the time you do it right. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of the way. Yeah, it would probably go. Right. Yeah. I, I would do, th- if I wasn't on the search team, you know, but Matt Wineland told me, hey, Jim, this guy's really good. Well, I trust Matt Wineland. Yeah. Good enough for me. 
I don't need. I don't need to even look at his resume. You, that's fine. But, but they obviously will look. Sure, at their, they will. Yeah, yeah. Let's put that out yeah. there. Yeah, they're gonna care. They're gonna ask questions. Yeah. They're and going, right. yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But so so it's going to be a long a process. Yeah, and it's that's okay. We got a great interim pastor. It should be a long. Yeah, and it's like yeah, the worst process. thing you can do yeah. is just rush, ram somebody through to get a pastor, and then make a mistake and have to go backwards again. Yeah. Um, then second question, I would want to follow up with that. What kind of criteria do you ask these guys that that they bring? Well, to? I didn't get asked the things I wanted to the last time, which is fine. Yeah. My my desire for a pastor, I want to know is, where's your heart? Your heart for getting more people into the kingdom of God. Because if you're a pastor and that's not part of what you're about, then I, I, I wouldn't be interested that much. Not to say that it's not a teaching pastor, that he's really good at it. But bottom line is, if you lead this church, I want to know you're going to lead us out of here. Which, which, if you think about it, we've never really done, right, since you guys have been around? Yeah, for sure. Like we're not established here or, or Kenya or... Or Fort Wayne, or, or I'm just naming names, but yeah. like I, I believe the church is supposed to go out. I want to know where your heart's at. I want to know that you believe the Bible is absolutely true. Here's here's what I found <laughs> That's out about it. Great question. It. Yeah, I found out in 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 God putting me as a teacher of His Word that the Bible is pure love and pure truth. And if you compromise on one of the two, there's always damage. We're, we're told the word of God is God. So yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Bible says it's truth. Jesus said it was all truth. It's the, 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 the way that it was written and the prophecies coming true. There's no way it could be a false document. But yeah, within the church now, that's a big... Well, the words didn't really mean that. We got them wrong. Or you need to interpret the Bible based on your current culture, not theirs. So yeah, that's so you can do that. You can you can get false doctrine, which is dangerous. Absolutely. But just just as worrisome to me is this form of legalism that says if you don't believe like First Church believes on everything in the Bible, I don't know about you, man. You, you, you might not be saved. And, yeah. And for darn sure, I'm not going to let you in work in my church because, because doggone Zach Heck, he's a post-millennialist. And I'm a pre-millennialist. I, I know th- I'm right. I thought you were going to say post-millennialist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know what a pre, you know what a post-millennialist is, Zach? No. <laughs> again, one of, again, in my opinion, one of the foolish things Christians get in fights about we all know Jesus is coming back. Yeah. And we've, we've, we've made up a name for this called rapture. You know, you've heard yep. that, all right? But it's not a biblical word. It's a word that refers to Jesus coming back. But with respect to the book of Revelation, there's three views on when it happens. One is he comes back before it gets really bad, before the tribulation, okay, the bad time. Okay. He comes back before things get really bad. He comes back in the middle of things really bad. He comes back at the end. Premillennialism before, amillennialism middle, postmillennialism. My point was 
that's not important to me as a pastor at all because it's not the gospel of Jesus. It's not a salvation but, but, issue. Right, but here's the yeah. thing is if those issues become really important to me, and I'm just speaking for Jim Sittler here, okay. not the church, anybody else, to me we are edging toward a legalistic view that, that in my view, leads to hardened hearts. Mm-hmm. This view over here leads to false prophecy and then immorality, which is almost always some kind of sexual immorality when you say the Bible's not true. Okay. When you don't just love like Jesus did and you say it's got to be our way, you get a hardened heart and that ain't any better. I don't want either one. What, what I see is having to find a balance between truth and grace. Yeah. Yep. Jesus did, didn't he? Oh, he did a perfect job at it. Okay, stoner. But whoever didn't stoner, or whoever didn't sin, throw the first stone. Mm-hmm. What happened? They and dropped the stones. Yeah. yeah. And here's the perfect balance. Yeah. Where's your accusers at? How are they going? Well, I don't accuse you either. Then what do you say? Basically, fix your. Go and sin no more. Yeah, fix your stuff. Yeah. Right. You're forgiven completely on grace, but don't keep living like you're living. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jesus, this is scary. Like, Jesus told a guy that he healed. He, I can't remember if it was blindness or crippled or what, but he goes, he found the guy later, and he goes, hey, stop sinning or something worse might happen to you. <laughs> like, can you believe Jesus said that? Hey, dude, you better stop sinning or something else worse. after he healed him yeah after he healed him he said that so like great point josh there's a balance there's always a balance in scripture and if you if you lean left or right you just get in trouble if you compromise on the love and you compromise on the truth jesus was pure love and pure truth and that's what the bible is so roundabout that that's a that that's a half to be for a pastor for me I, I could care less whether he's a pre-post or a millennialist. I really don't care. But I do care that he believes the whole thing's true. Yeah. And I'm sure the pastor will have a view on something. We well. wouldn't yeah. adopt a person yeah. that had some significantly off doctrine. Yes. Like, yep. well, Jesus was away, but, you know, God loves you. He's going to make ways for the other religions, too. No. You know, we, it wouldn't happen. So... Yeah. So, but yeah, that's, but I really, I wanted to see where, you know, where a guy's heart is. And then I wanted to ask him sort of what we talked about. I want to ask him, what do you think the best way for the church is to evangelize in 2023? That's one. And I want to ask him, there's a ton of people that are never going to come to this church, no matter what you do, that live in Columbia City, that are on their way to hell. How are you going to reach them? Yeah. What's your plan? And I want to know if somebody's thought about that and like, yeah, I thought about that. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Or, well, it's interesting. I really thought about it. I, I would like for someone to have already like, you know what? We're going out. Like, and we're not going to necessarily worry about numbers in our church or if these people ever bring in any money. We're just out there to... Tell them the grace of Jesus. And I, I, w- I don't know how to do that as a church. I mean, this thing is huge. Yeah. But there's somebody gifted with that that sh- will. And granted, they probably won't have a s- 
set plan on that because they chances are they don't live here right yeah you know we've we've interviewed people that lived in indiana yeah but but we've interviewed people in arizona yeah so yeah texas they somebody could come they're gonna have no clue what this place is like general plan from my previous knowledge but i'm gonna have to look at columbia city and go exactly yeah yeah there's this um there's this titus verse that i feel like is okay here here's what we're Here's where we're supposed to go. What is what? Who is this in Columbia mm-hmm. City? Ask yourself, guys. Who who is this? You want a specific in, in person? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, like <laughs> a general question. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair. It's Jim Sittler, the guy who's talking about. Uh, <laughs> who who? What group? And we're not saying names. Okay. Because somebody could take that as an insult. Which, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. No names, no specifics. No names. No Our groups. people. This is Titus three fourteen. Again, one of those obscure verses that it's stuck in me. Our people must learn to do good by meeting the urgent needs of others. Then they will not be unproductive. And when I refer, when I read that, I the thought that got flashed in my head was, who's the urgent in Columbia City? Who is it? There is. There's a group of people, I don't know who they are, but there's somebody here, and there's 10 groups that need help. Mm-hmm. But somebody's number one. That's how interesting. You, how do you find them? And I, I don't know, guys. I, don't know, I don't know, other than to get on our knees and say, God, show us to them, because you know we can't figure that out, even in a town of, I don't know, so whatever, six, 7,000? I thought like. Nine. I don't know. Whatever we are. Whatever. I, I can't walk the town and go, there they are. I We got to be shown. But but somebody here, their needs are more urgent than any. Maybe it's school children. Maybe it's elementary. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a nursing home. I, I don't know. But I just know that we need to meet the, the urgent needs. And who is that in Columbia City? And I would love a pastor that can identify that and say, "And you know what? If we got to empty our bank account a little bit to get something going for these mm-hmm. people, we're going to do it and let God fill in the blanks." Yeah. Which. Mm-hmm. But that's maybe maybe that's a good question for just your young group, like Titus three fourteen. Who 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 are these people in our town? We must learn to do good. By meeting the urgent needs of others, who's got the most urgent needs? In terms of needs, who is it? Boy, I'd love to... Could that not be subjective? Urgent? Yeah. In God's eyes, no, I think there's a number one. Yeah. No, God... God we want God's, God we want God's urgent. Yeah. Yep. He wants us to help who's that... Who, who are you supposed to help? Well, who's ever in front of you right now? Yeah. Don't worry about that one down the road. You did, and don't worry about the one in the past. You might have screwed up. Just help the one in front of you. Yeah. But like, who is who? Who is the most urgent needs in God's eyes? I mean, again, I would assume it might be something to do with poverty, but again, I don't know. Yeah. That because He's God, but boy, if you could identify them. And start praying about how to get that out. I think something would happen. Mm-hmm. And maybe somebody will. Maybe what I'll get now. God's just showed me that this part of Columbia City, 
we got to get a footprint there somehow. And how, how are we going to do it? We're it's not- interesting because we don't know what the help specifically is. You yeah. can't prepare like a fix-it ministry. What if it's not <laughs> fixing things? Absolutely. Or, yeah. it, it might be social. It might be emotional. Yeah. It, it might be food. Yeah. I mean, I... It might be just spending time with them. Yeah. 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 It, what, what if it's this? What if it's foster care? Yeah. Uh, I, heard a, I heard a candidate, a pastor's wife say the other day, a person that was a candidate, she, uh, she's real big into that. And she said, if every church in America had just adopted one, or not adopted, fostered one, okay. there would be no foster care. Interesting. Just the churches... There's enough churches in America to end foster care. I mean, obviously, foster care is something that people will migrate out and in. Yeah. But there's if the churches would take care of one person, and that, I'm taking the fact that they know what they're talking about because they're in it. One. <laughs> now look at our church. Do we, we have enough people to do more than one? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, so at least two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Way to dream big, Zach. <laughs> Way to swing for the fence. <laughs> now, yeah, but like, so maybe, I don't know, but it has bothered me since I've read it. Like, who are they here? Yeah. Do I know that they're in Sampango, Guatemala? Yeah, because I was there. They're, they got an urgent need. Love to go help them again. But who in this community that, that are, that are going to make an impact in the kingdom some way, who are they? Huh. We'd, we'd have to be, maybe that would involve fasting and prayer. Maybe, I, I don't know, but, but boy, for some, some pastor to get lit up on that, it's like, I'll follow that guy. For we sure. may make some mistakes, but I, I'll follow that guy. He's, sure. he's, he's, he's going after it. So you, you guys are on a... So those are, those are what I'd like to ask. Yep, you guys are on another set of five now? Correct. Okay. So there will be... It basically runs like this. They give us five people. You see a resume. You should see a short five-minute video of them introducing themselves. You have two or three samples of their sermons that then later you can go watch. Uh, video sermons? Yes, okay. video sermons that you can watch. So you can, And then from there you go, as it was a group, is there anybody in this group that we don't think would fit our church? Okay. And if we do, we eliminate them. Or we, or we take all five. I will tell you, we've, we've never taken all five. So how, how many people need to say we don't think they fit for them to be eliminated from the... Just one person? Yep. If one person feels strongly... Again, I'm, I'm not saying for me that that's my necessary preference because... I'm not confident that my personal experiences and decision making are 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 right enough. Mm-hmm. Fair to say, man, she really likes him, and I can't stand that guy because he went to Grace and I went to Taylor. <laughs> yeah, I I don't. I'm not. I I, I think it, it. And I think you know this. The search team is evolving. You know, getting how we interact with each other when that happens. Is a discussion we'll probably have at some point, you know, because these I know these things that so they came up and and we want to be able to 
work around our own personal preferences. Discuss right? what's really yeah. important. Because like, like I said, the guy I think might be the best one for this church may be absolutely not what God wants. You know, everybody's going, oh, we want somebody just like Pastor Tiberius. We got to get Tiberius. <laughs> and, and I love him. Oh, absolutely. I am enraptured by his sermons. And, but if he was supposed to be here, it had been revealed by now. Maybe. Yeah, it could come up later. But, yeah. but, but at this point, I would say that isn't who God picked. For at this point. At the moment, yeah. At the moment. If he comes, if he turns that, great, then this becomes an easy job. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Yeah, I think I'll say yeah, it. most people, really, but here, here's how that can work with humanness. We all look at somebody and we don't really consult God and we go, they're fabulous. Yeah. And we get them and it's a train wreck for us and for them. You end up trashing a family. I've seen that happen where we were so sure. And we, that's the one. And we never consulted God enough. You guys remember a story in the Old Testament? You know, the Israelites were going to the promised land. They were kicking butt. God was kicking butt. They were just taking advantage of it. Okay. And God told them, don't make any treaties with anybody in these areas. Wipe them out. So this group of people heard about it. And they, they knew enough to know that's the real God and we got no chance. So they dressed in super ragged clothes and they got these old beat up wineskins that were cracked and leaking and they got a bunch of moldy bread and they went and met the Israelites. They said, hey, we're from a country far away from here. You know, look at us. Our clothes wore out. Our bread got moldy. But we know your God is God and we want to make a treaty with you. You know what the Bible says? The Israelites examined their bread but they did not consult the Lord. Now, you wonder how many times in my life I've done that? Quite a few, probably. I looked at the circumstances and said, I'm plenty adequate to figure that out. Yeah. And I didn't what? I didn't consult the Lord. What happened? Train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> did God bring some good out of train wreck? Yeah, because he's God and I'm his kid. But boy... He, I don't think he necessarily wanted me to go through it. I yeah. just didn't ask him because I trusted me. What's up, guys? Sorry for the abrupt cutoff there. We had some technical difficulties. I'm chopping it up right now, um, and it's just not going to work for the rest of the podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of the conversation we had, um, we absolutely loved it. We'd love to have him back on. Surely it won't be the same, but I think we have a lot more stuff we could talk about. Jim's a great guy. So let us know if you'd like to have him back. With that being said, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for understanding. Peace.